today on The Breakdown. It's 2017, and it's a World Series of Poker Europe circuit event, main event, final table, and two players, Victor Kovalev, Kovachev and Hossein Ensan are going to butt heads. I'm just glad we got the names right. Are going to butt heads in a pretty, pretty, pretty interesting pot. We're going to talk about it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I like how you cover up your lack of professionalism with Larry David stuff. Whatever works, man. Yeah, that's pretty good. He's he's like uh, he. It's interesting because he covers up his professionalism with Larry David stuff. He's actually quite professional, but appears unprofessional due to his antics. Why? Why would you say he's quite professional? I mean, he's like very successful and has you know made a lot of shows and probably that doesn't make him prof- very professional though, does it? Like that's that's nothing to do with his demeanor. Okay, I imagine he works hard on curb your enthusiasm. I mean, I'm sure he works hard on it, but that isn't about being professional. Like professional is like the way you carry yourself, isn't it? Like I work hard on our podcast, but it doesn't mean I do pronounce you? names right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we just yeah, sit here I and mean, talk. We just shoot the shit. Just, for- where's the support? <laughs> <laughs> This you know, Larry David's the guy who like ate an eclair out of the garbage, right? You know that, right? Yeah, I've heard about that. Everything that George Costanza did on Seinfeld that was not cool, that really happened. Larry David really did it. Just he saying. probably didn't do the opposite, though, right? Like he never actually did a, the opposite. I would doubt it, but I don't know. He did. I know he ate the the, the donut or whatever the eclair out of the garbage can for sure. The coffee cake, whatever it was. I mean, I I get his point. If it's like well maintained, there's something clearly like bump, <laughs> buffering it from the rest of the garbage. I mean, I'm with you, but it, it might look really good. You know, you're a little hungry. Looks pretty good. Have you actually done that in your life? No, Reaching into the garbage I, and eating some food. I have not. But, but I can imagine. Point, I can imagine a scenario where it might happen. Mm. It's tough to imagine. I mean, I'd have to see it be put in the garbage, see the thing that is separating it from the garbage be clean as it's put into the garbage. But you don't know what's underneath the thing. So? There could be some pretty bad stuff in the garbage. So, I mean, like, you don't know what's in the bathroom, but you go there and you I mean, eat. you, you kind of know what's in the bathroom. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you've eaten in the bathroom before, right? Pretty rarely. Not like an entire meal, but maybe you're, like, still chewing. Is he well, the yeah, bathroom? of course, if you're still chewing. That's not the same, though. So it's the same. By the way, just to stay on this topic for a second. <laughs> yeah, of course. So <laughs> Quality poker podcast. There was here. an episode of The League many moons ago where they came up with this idea of the bathroom buddy, right? Which is sort of like a little cubby for people who have food so they have to bring the food into the bathroom because it's so disgusting to bring like a Subway sandwich that's all wrapped up and stuff, by the way, not like an open yeah. into the bathroom with you, according to them. It never had occurred to me before I saw it that anyone would ever have an issue with that. Like, if it never occurred to me to bring a, a fully wrapped subway sandwich into a bathroom. Well, there's a few there's a few places where it might come into play, specifically like in an airport, ah. where like you get some food, you're on your way to the uh, airplane, but then you stop to go to the bathroom. You put it in your know. backpack or something. You give it a, a nice buffer zone of but the it, backpack. Is that wall. what you do? I mean, I don't know if I've actually ever done that, where I've gone to the bathroom having the food with me. If I have the food with me, it's always in some sort of thing. Mm-hmm. How about like a drink? A drink? I can bring a drink into the bathroom yeah. if it's sealed. Not so, oh, obviously if it's sealed. I'm saying like an unsealed like drink with a straw kind of a thing. 
I don't. I don't think I bring it. But I try to. I try to you? find a place to put it outside the bathroom and go in. In an airport, where can you do that? Though? In an airport, when are you drinking an unsealed drink with a straw? Smoothie, buddy. Smoothie. It always has the top thing, though. At least has the top. top thing. Right, but there's a straw which leads directly in so the you, air. So you preserve the thing that the straw came in, and you put that over the you top. Preserve the thing, the straw, the paper. Came? The paper that you're the already sp- drinking the smoothie. You threw away no, the paper. No, you, you foresaw this. <laughs> you, of course, you save this if you have to pee when you get the smoothie. I definitely brought smoothies into bathrooms before. Let me just say that. This is good radio yeah. podcast. You're whatever. welcome, poker yeah. listeners. You've now learned so many things. Okay, um, so let's talk a little bit about this poker, okay. perhaps. This was suggested by Ken Moyer. Nice. On Twitter. Is he like a PBS newsman? Sounds like he is. Yeah. Nice job. We love we love you on PBS. Is the uh, is the the television element of our our journalism suggestors Ben Page being of course the print element? Yes, working for the Washington Post and such and such things yes. things as the, of that nature. I mean, sometimes he freelances. You know, every once in a while he has to slum it, go Huff Post. I mean, that isn't how it works, really. You don't, I don't sometimes care. freelance. You either Ben Page does write for someone, <laughs> or you don't. He has a pseudonym. All right, so okay. Thank you, Ken. Of course, he suggested on Twitter. We are two poker guys on Twitter. And uh, you can just search the poker guys on Twitter and find us yeah. easily as well. We're there. And that would be great if you did that. And follow us and tweet it at us with hands that are cool because we like that. Yeah. Also, of course, Ken timestamped it. He did a great job because it was a full episode, like 50 minutes. But he timestamped it perfectly so the hand began. When I clicked the link, didn't have to deal with any of the bullshit. And I appreciate that, Ken. Ken also made a... Uh Really nice comment in the tweet about how much he liked our other podcast, Lighting Money on Fire, which, of course, our sports betting podcast comes out every Tuesday. He, he li- Jonathan lies. Yeah, he didn't do that. Yeah. I'm sorry to bring it up for a second. Yeah. We have this other podcast. If you like this podcast, check out that one, Lighting Money on Fire. We talk about sports. We talk about betting. We talk about sports betting. It's fun. Yeah. All right. So this is happening at King's Casino because the World Series of Poker doesn't care that Leon Shukranik is a... Real scumbag, I suppose. I mean, the, the world of poker is just littered with scumbags, I guess. And at this point, it's like, they're all bad? I don't know. It's weird. You'd think there's no way they would do business with this guy, but they've absolutely been doing business with him for years now. Right. And it's different than a, a casino owner being a scumbag in some other way, because it feels like a lot of casino owners have kind of a scummy resume of, of personal history or, oh, or yeah. something like that. But Leon Chukunik is a scumbag in poker. Like, in a very poker-related way, where he steals money from people, essentially. Well, he didn't actually steal from Matt Kirk. He just never repaid Matt Kirk. Right, right? which is, like, the equivalent of stealing. It's, it's slightly different, but it's still not cool. And it obviously. was a significant amount of money. And that, like $2 million? And I this think. is the World Series of Poker, which is a poker company. It's weird. It's a weird partnership, but whatever. We're here. We're playing the World Series Circuit Final Table. There's 215K or something for first. Yeah. So, you know, worth winning. And, uh... Hussein Ensan has significant wins in his career. He's won an EPT. Yeah. He's probably got a couple other final tables. I think I've seen him around on the circuit. His uh, Hendon mob says he's got like 2.4 million in career winnings. Pretty that's, good. That's pretty good. We don't really know much about the other guy, Kovachev. He's got like just over 100K in winnings. And so yeah, he's, not, like he's not like a big star of any no. type. Um, so Ensan has a reasonable stack to start the hand. He, he has uh, 4.3 million at the 80K big blind level. So over 50 blinds. Pretty good for a final table. He is under the gun. And he opens with King Jack of Hearts, which for some reason the commentator questions uh, seems pretty normal to me. Super normal. Folds all the way to Kovachev in the big blind. Kovachev has uh, 1.4 million, so under 20, under 20 bigs to start the hand. Mm. So he's a bit in the danger zone, as Joe Stapleton would say. Yeah. Uh, he has two fives, five of diamonds, five of spades. Can't fold. Shoving feels bad, right? So 
What what are the blinds? How much did Ensign raise it to again? He min raised at the 80K big blind. Yeah. Okay. So we absolutely can call here without any issue at all. That's what I'm trying to... That's what I'm asking. Yeah. Like, we don't have to think about it. We could certainly shove if we want, but it's really just shove or call. And since with the under-the-gun nature of the open, it's pretty reasonable just to call and see see a flop and work go from there. What is our typical shoving range in this spot? Uh, I mean, assuming Ensign isn't opening, like, super wide all, from everywhere. Yeah. So he's somewhat normal. Yeah. Uh, I think we should have a pretty tight shoving range. Yeah, against the under-the-gun opener. Yeah. Because like, this is a full table, by the way, nine-handed. I mean, I think ace-king for sure. It's the final table. I don't know if I said that. Oh, yeah. It is the final table. I, I mentioned it at the beginning. Okay. Um, definitely ace-king we should be shoving. Yeah. Um, I don't really like shoving ace-queen here for to the min-raise where the under-the-gun opens because I expect we're almost always getting called and we're almost never in great shape. When we get called, we're never in great shape, right? We're yeah. never getting called by ace-jack. No, I don't think we're getting called by ace-jack. Now, jack. he may be opening king-queen. He may be opening ace-jack. I guess he's opening king-jack. That's a few hands that are going to open and fold. But kind of almost everything else that he's going to open is going to call, and it's going to be almost always a pocket pair or have us dominated. So I'm not a huge fan of shoving ace-queen here unless he's been opening a lot. What do you think? I don't know. I think ace-queen... I, I typically would shove ace-queen in this spot, I yeah. think. Just like kind of like ace-king. It's a hand that demands to see all five cards. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucks to have, you know, 18 blinds or whatever this guy likes. He has about 18 blinds. Oh, I was thinking it was 20. Actually, 18 does start to... Is, he has 1.4 million at 80K big blind. Yeah. Oh, so even less. Yeah, it's like 17 blinds. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think we have to shove ace-queen. 17 and a half, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I it just feels like I want to see all five cards with ace-queen with that. Even though I don't love what we're getting called by still with 17 and a half blinds and the under-the-gun guy opens and he knows we're pretty strong when we shove. Yeah. It's interesting. Five years ago, people didn't have calling ranges here. They just folded right. or shoved. You know, you can't call the min raise, which is crazy when you think about it. Super crazy. Because you have, you have plenty of chips to, to play a pot. What's the uh, smallest pocket pair you're shoving here? I think nines, maybe eights. Yeah, they're, they're going to be tough to play if we don't shove them, huh? Yeah, I mean, we can always just check shove favorable flops, but could. give him a shot to, to hit something if he's got something like King Jack, you know? I mean, I'm assuming that we are either the short stack or one of the... Like, no one has got, like, four blinds here. Right. right. The money jumps probably don't get too severe yeah. until, like, fourth place. Yeah. Um, so, assuming all that, we should probably just be playing aggressively, though. I, I do know a thing or two about Ensign, which is having seen him uh, on the EPT, where he's kind of a nut bag. Yeah. So bit of a bag of nuts. I'd be really surprised if he is opening normal ranges here. I guess he's, he also has a fair amount of chips. I guess he's opening a lot, which would make me want to shove a lot more hands. Like so do you lot, want to shove fives now? Yeah, yeah. Now I want to show all, shove all pocket pairs. I want to shove like suited aces, all suited aces. I want to just shove. A, I just want to like shove everything down his throat, basically, if he's opening a lot. Yeah, we're not entirely sure that that's what he's been doing at this final yeah. table, though. No, I understand. And I it understand. might be very early in the final table because they are still nine-handed. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But, you know, there's a reasonable chance we were playing with him up through the final table also. Yeah. Calling with fives kind of sucks, even though... It feels yeah. bad to shove, too. I mean, like, we're basically set mining, it's it feels like. It's better to call with ace-queen than with fives. Even though you're saying ace-queen demands to see all five cards, like, fives almost never improves. Ace-queen improves, ace improves three times as often as fives does, you know? Yeah. Plus, you also flop, like, gutters and straight draws and cool stuff like that that you rarely do with fives. You can flop a gutter with fives. You can also flop cool things like gutters and overs with ace-queen. You can have yeah. reasonable equity when you shove 
and get called versus with fives. If you don't flop a set, you almost never have reasonable equity when you get called. I mean, I think it is a tricky spot, though. And against a, yeah. a, an unknown player, I would certainly default to calling rather than shoving. Wait. It's just with fives, mm. uh, which is what, if it's not clear, that's what Kovachev actually has is fives. Um, I mean, I think against a, a tight player, which is now different than what we're saying, a tight player, we can really call ace-queen here, too, very comfortably. Yeah. Probably. I mean, under the gun, they're just going to have good hands. And yeah. I just don't know why we're going to shove into a range that has really got us in trouble. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's just 17 and a half blinds. just not very much. Yeah, but only cost us to well, have 16 and a half blinds then. You know? Yeah. Or I guess 15 and a half because we've already put one out there. I'm not, you know, fine. Yeah, but. I'd like to find a spot to three bet shove with more fold equity, I suppose, in the future, which you can probably mm-hmm. do the next orbit at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, long debate about fives. No, I mean, and ace-queen, ace queen, but that's cool. Like, it's kind of nice, though. Like, you can call here, check fold the flop, and still have 15 and a half lines, which means you absolutely have three bet shoving fold equity. Yeah. So it doesn't affect anything. It doesn't hurt you that much to see a flop that way. Every chip matters, man. Yeah. Every chip matters. Anyway, Kovachev calls, which is probably what I would do if I were actually in mm-hmm. the spot. I would default towards that with fives here. Yeah, I think so. I, you can't fold, like we're saying. So it's only shove or call. Calling makes a lot more sense because it just feels like every time he says call, it's bad. It, yeah, it is. I mean, he could have ace-king and it's fine. Yeah, he could have ace-king and ace-queen. That's it. Yeah. Everything else, we're screwed. And by the way, he might even fold ace-queen depending on our image and how... I mean, it's for 40% of his stack, too. Or not 40, I guess no. a little less. A third of his stack. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's probably going to call ace-queen, but maybe not. It's a pretty strong shove. Ensan uh, seems to... Default towards looseness, mm. from what I've seen. He might yeah. call with king-jack suited. I don't know. It's possible. Well, when we have fives, that's not good. No, we don't want king-jack suited to call. But when we have ace-queen, that is good. So yeah. maybe we can shove... If that's the case, we can shove more with it, the ace-queens and shove less with the fives kind of a thing. Well, Kovachev calls. Okay. Well, let's just say that. Good. Let's also say chew, motherfucking chew. Whoa. Because... Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a nitrogen sports train. All aboard! It's a very profane train, and uh, it also is a great place to, to ride a train. Yeah, you got to get on, you got to punch your ticket, and you got to get going. And how do you do that, Jonathan? <laughs> <laughs> you do it by uh, going to Nitrogen Sports, and you, you get on the... Uh, Maybe you should tell them about the link. Get on the, get on the, the wow, train. I, I, started you, to try, I was trying to make it you, a fun ad, but you're making it a you useless do, ad. And you, you walk around the train area, and you, you, you wait till you get on until they, they call you, and then you have your ticket. Now, you, of course, you use the link in the description, as Grant is saying... Um, and that is great for many reasons because on the nitrogen sports poker train, there are special, special rooms. <laughs> Jonathan is trying to say that we have exclusive poker guys events, including our monthly tournament that happens the last Sunday of every month yeah, or, the, or the trying. first Sunday of the next month. I was trying close. to say that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you can only access that by using the link in the description. Ah, oh, man. I'm like, I have to be like the. The bad guy. This isn't fair to me. Jonathan's making me be the ba- bad guy by just like breaking like Jimmy Fallon. Every every podcast we do now, he breaks like Jimmy Fallon. He's laughing right I now. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm not laughing at all. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, what get on saying? nitrogen, get you some poker. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, did, you, did we even talk about the tournaments, the special tournaments? Because there's a special yeah, tournament at the did. end of every month. I did while you were busy having laughing. your... Being... Super unprofessional. Uh, <laughs> Me and Larry David, man. Yeah, that's that's you. He's a bit more successful than you. I mean, whatever. He fell backward into it. He doesn't break like you. He He's not on live television. What do you mean he doesn't break? He wouldn't, though. 
What are you talking about? Larry David's got got the ability. All to Larry David does is break. <laughs> All Larry David. Okay, I don't think so. All right, so there's 440k in the pot. Okay, going to the flop. We got two fives for Kovachev, who started the hand with 17 and a half blinds. Ensign has king jack of hearts. Flop is terrible for Ensign. It is seven of clubs, deuce of spades, ten of clubs. Yeah. So. You know, it's not exactly the flop that uh, Kovacev was looking for either. He's probably going to check fold due to his stack size. Yeah. But it goes check, check. This is interesting. I'm actually a little surprised. I know this is the kind of board that we might often check back. Um, but with Kovacev's uh, really small stack, I would think that, and, and the fact that Ensign is, is under the gun range is pretty strong. I think he could take a little shot here. You can bet like one and a half blinds and just see if the guy folds. He's going to fold a lot. You know, of course, you're talking about Ensign when you say he could bet one and a half blinds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm surprised, he, I'm surprised he doesn't just from a bullying type of nature, like it's just hard to do anything with. Now, two fives maybe can, I think two fives probably should call if we do that, but there's so many hands he's going to fold. Right. I mean, down betting here is great, right? Yeah. Just like you made it 160 pre, just make it like 100. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100. And, like, the guy's just going to fold almost everything, right? If he doesn't have a 10 or a 7 or a flush draw or an open ender or something like that, he's just going to throw his hand away almost always. It's great. Yeah. You're not going to get shoved on that much. So, anyway, so I like that better than checking back. Even though if we're both deeper, then I might like a check back more. Yeah, I agree with that. Cool. Because it's not like our hand has much value as King Jack here. I mean, Mm -hmm. we could be ahead of some of his range, but... Whatever. We're happy to fold out those hands, too. I mean, yeah, being ahead of some of his range doesn't help if we check back and get bluffed on the turn. So right. That's super great. We do have overs and backdoor straight draws, but that's a reason to bet, I think, more than a reason to check, honestly. Like, maybe we'll improve. Cool. I mean, just, like, bully the final table. You have a Exactly. Stack. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and he's going to call so much when we min-raise, so now we have to bet. Like, we only... We made it a price that he's going to call almost his entire range pre-flop, which means... This board is this board doesn't connect with that much of anything. Like, take a shot, man. Yeah, and I mean, this is a World Series circuit event. Like, there's these guys aren't luminaries, as uh, right. actually Ken pointed out. There were no luminaries. Yeah, but Ensign is like a luminary compared to these guys, as far as his results are concerned. At least the majority of totally. the table, and a lot of these guys are going to be scared. This is going to be the biggest spot of their life. You know, like play the bully. Absolutely, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. So, but Ensign decides to check back. Maybe it's a range based thing. I mean, that makes sense. Again, if we're both 50 blinds deep, I'd like a check back for sure. Well, that's what happens. Okay, he, fine. He checks it's back. It's not the end of the world, but... It's not the end of the world, it's just, but... It's better to bet here. Yeah, I agree. Turn is the seven of spades. Still, there are 440K chips in the pot. And uh, that's a reasonably good card for Kovachev, especially when Ensign checks back the flop. Yep. I mean, a seven is part of Ensign's check back range traditionally, but he doesn't have too many sevens under the gun, or he shouldn't. It's hard to come up with really any sevens he's going to have when Kovachev has 18 blinds or something like 17 half blinds in the big blind, just, you yeah. know, and he's going to open and go all the way through. He's going to have seven, eight suited. It's, un, it's possible. Eight, seven suited, maybe? Maybe. But he may not even be doing that stuff because he just can't call with those hands and he's going to get shoved on a lot. Right. So he, may not, he probably just isn't opening them, I would think. I think a seven is almost is like so rarely part of his range. Yeah, so I like a bet from Kovachev here because we just got to protect against, you know, a 10 coming or any of the overcards that might hit Ensign. Yeah, and we, we need this pot. Like, yeah. we This will really this help us. This is a significant pot at this point, even yeah. though it's just a two-blind raise and a call. Yeah, like you know? for us, it's like, damn, look at all that cheddar. Look at all that Gouda. Got to have. Got to have Gouda. I like a good smoked Gouda. Do you? I like a good, any kind of Gouda. 
smoked, unsmoked, freaking raw, twisted Gouda. Oh yeah, yeah. Sweet. Extreme Gouda Extreme. That's the next Doritos flavor. Yeah, <laughs> Gouda Extreme with no e, of course, at the beginning. Um, yeah, all right, so Kovachev does bet. He bets one eighty into four forty. Pretty typical tournament sizing. He could even bet a little bit less, but he, he might get floated too much. He definitely could bet less. It's not that bad to get floated even, but. But I understand he's thinking, like, I'm happy to take it down. Like, yeah. please go away. It's not like an egregiously large bet, obviously. No, no, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. And this is where things start getting a little weird. Yeah. Ensign decides to call. I feel like we have a lot of hands we can call with here, and this isn't one of them when we check back the flop. Yeah. This is a really strange one. Like, it was 7, 10. Deuce. Deuce with two clubs, right? Uh, yes, two clubs. This is a second spade on the turn. So I would like calling if we had the ace of spades or the ace of clubs in our hand a lot. Or two spades in our hand, which we oh, could have easily. Yeah, absolutely. Two spades in our hand would be great. If we're checking back everything on this board, which I don't think we really are, but I let's pretend. So. Uh, we're not. Come on. Right. But, but he probably is checking back king jack of spades if he's checking back king jack of hearts. Right, right. But he's probably not checking back two clubs on the flop right. very often. Right? Probably not. Um, so, yeah. I mean, if we have spades, we could also just we could also just raise here if we wanted. Like, even though the story's terrible, does it matter? The guy's got 15 blinds in it where he's at a final table. He may just fold anyway. He's going to call with a 10, probably. And he's definitely calling with a 7. The problem with raising definitely is that... Definitely with the 7. The problem with raising is that we are at, now at a significant range disadvantage against Kovachev. No question. Because... He has the 7s. I don't know anything about Kovachev, but if, if it were me, I would have a bunch of 7s, including unsuited 7s, like 7, 8 off. Oh, my God. Hands like that, 7, 9 off, you know? Absolutely. 10, 7 off, by the so way. So he's just, like, off. all full of 7s. So yeah. that for... I don't really like raising a flush draw for Ensign for that That's reason. That's fair. That's fair. Um, he also has 10s, which he may not fold, mm-hmm. obviously. We can also call because sometimes uh, Kovachev is going to give up on the river if he's bluffing. If we have spades, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's weird that we have hearts, though. We have the old King Jack of hearts. Like, we could be drawing dead pretty easily here. Yep. We're not really calling to draw to a king or a jack is to set up a play it or has we th- to be right or we think king high is good enough to call here that's absurd yeah i don't think that's a good plan like that's just crazy i mean this is just a bad call right like we should fold part of our range and this is part of it yeah yeah this is exactly the part the king highs always seem to be like the part that sucks the most to play because it's the part that you kind of have to you're supposed to check back on boards like this now not in this spot exactly but you're supposed to check back on these kinds of boards and then when they bet the turn, you're supposed to fold them because yeah. you, you, cause you can't beat ace high even, right? And it's just sort of like, blah, blah, blah. I got my overcards, and I just have to play them so passively, and it sort of sucks. But, I mean, that's probably the most optimal way to play them. Don't get me wrong. But they're sort of the least exciting. So I guess Ensign doesn't want doesn't to play this boring way. I mean, we can have so many ace highs to call with here. Why are we calling with King Jack? Ooh, extreme! You know, that's what yeah. he's into. I mean, I mean no, got, no, we should be calling with, we can call with some ace highs. We can call with ace highs that are just the ace of spades if we really want to, even to make a play later. Although yeah. the guy's not really deep enough to pull that off too often. More the ace of clubs, I feel. If the club comes, maybe we can rep the clubs more easily. Than, or sorry, spades. You're right. Yeah. Spades. What came on the turn? You're right. So, yeah. so that makes sense. I don't know. I mean, if, if we can actually have, I don't, even, I don't understand how we could ever make this call profitable. Right. Like with this hand in this spot. There's going to be so many other hands, like you're saying, that we can call with that do make sense, that are instead of equity or are better for bluffing and have blockers or whatever it may be, all these different good things. This has none of those things. Right. I would like this a lot better if it was like an ace 10 four flop that we checked back and we could have some aces that we checked back. Yeah, you know, exactly. Then we can rep that because then we have a range advantage. Right. Here we have a range disadvantage. Right. And the guy, by the way, is 
only got now something like let like oh, 13 and a half lines or something, right? Yeah. So that's not cool either. That's no. bad. I mean, he's choosing to put a bet in. He could just check like when you have this short stack and you call it at the big blind, a lot of it is to hit. You're just getting good yeah. odds, right? Like you're not going to make a play a lot when you have a short stack. Because yeah, like if, if you make a play and the guy doesn't fold, it just sucks. It decimates you. It tertiates you. No, it actually might decimate you. That may even be correct. If Think you only lose 10% of your, of your stack. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so I'm with you. Anyway, NSN calls. We don't like it, I guess. No, this is bad. Yeah. This is wrong. We like, so we don't like either of his decisions post-flop so far. No, we do not. Okay. River is the deuce of hearts. So now that pairs the deuce, which once again is better for Kovachev than NSN by a significant margin. This is a great card for Kovachev. Because now he can get called by ace high. He can get called by ace high. All the draws miss, which is good A, because that means uh, Ensign didn't get there. Ensign didn't get there. But more than that, it means Kovachev can rep sort of the missed, one of the missed draws. The missed straight missed. The straight missed. The flush is missed. Everything yeah. missed. It's super safe. It's almost impossible to think that um, Ensign can have a deuce, but Kovachev, in theory, could have a deuce. He could have bet a deuce even on the turn. It's yeah. not that different than betting two fives. It is not. And now he'd have a full house. So it's like he can absolutely make the bet where he is polarized, although he isn't, and try and get called by a slightly worse hand like ace high. Right, like ace high is going to take a showdown value and call if it's going to put chips in rather than raise most of the time. Yeah, ace high is probably supposed to call, too, when all the draws miss, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of draws that missed. And Kovachev can have all the draws, whereas Ensign is less likely to have clubs. Kovachev can have clubs. Yes, that's right. Ensign is also less likely to have, um, like, 8-9. Yeah, I mean, he shouldn't have 8-9 at all. Yeah. Maybe he does, I don't know. But, but, but Kovachev, of course, can have 8-9. And he can have all 16 combos of it. Yeah. Or he should be able to. Absolutely. Yeah. He can have all the spades, all the clubs, all the 8-9s. He can have gut shots. He can have all sorts of things. And just weird random bluffs, too, that are like, please fold now. You know? Yeah. So it's, this is such a good card. All right. So he bets pretty small. There's 700K in the pot. Um, and he bets 260. Mm. I wonder if this is transparent. Yeah. I wonder if it is, too. I mean, I will say personally, I do sometimes jump on sizing um, when people because he bet one eighty on the turn, right? Yeah, into four forty. Yeah, so the, so like Ensign's the kind of guy who is like the psycho guy, right? Who's all about noticing. Sorry, this kind it's of into eight hundred. It's not into seven hundred. It's into eight hundred. Mm, so it's even tinier. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that that's really small. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have to be transparent, but it feel. I mean, we can see his hands, so it, it feels. I mean, it feels like what it is, right? He's trying to get called by ASI. He's trying to make a bet that ASI can comfortably call. Right, which is, to be fair, maybe what you would do with a seven also because Ensign has a lot of ASI as played. Right, I mean, that's what he's supposed to be targeting no matter what he has. Yeah. Right? But he, if he has a seven, he might size it up a bit, hoping that um, Ensign has some other things because he can, like the target can be bigger. He can, he can go ace high plus. Right. And like in case Ensign somehow check back a 10 or something like yeah. that. Like now we're, we'd love to get called by a 10. We can size it up to get called by that too. Instead of like, yeah, but I don't, I, I don't like varying the sizing here with this mm-hmm. run out. Like I'd rather just bet a polarizing amount so that we can get called by ace high and it makes sense to get called by ace high. Yeah. I, I think ace high is going to call with a similar frequency if we bet 500. Um, yeah, I think you're probably right. Because if we, had a miss, if we had a missed draw, would we really bet this small? Shouldn't we just bet half the pot? Yeah. Like we should just bet half the pot. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The, this is the problem. The missed draw is like just not going to bet this tiny, almost ever. And this bet is all about the missed draw, right? It's saying, yeah. I have that. Please right. call with ace high. Yeah. Like, you, you need to bet what you would have bet if you had, you know, jack nine of clubs and whiffed everything. How much does Kovachev have coming into this, the river? He has uh, just over a million. Okay. 
So you bet 400K. That's half the pot. That's kind of neat in terms of the sizing and the, the, the price he now lays for Ensign, where Ensign just has to be right, uh, like, oh, one, not one out of four like times, one out of four times yeah. right. So that's super sweet. He's going to really feel obligated to call with his ace highs, I think, because he's just going to be able to talk himself into it. I, I mean, he's supposed to be able to talk himself into that. I think he's supposed to call with his ace highs here. So that's pretty good. And yeah. then you also don't set up, like, the run-me-over play. Which... Is what happens. Yeah, of course. That's what. Oh, that's why we're talking about it, right? Ensign moves in for 815k more. Yeah. So effectively, like 1.05 million, and uh, Kovachev snap folds. So we need to talk about this a little bit. Yeah. Do you think Kovachev fucked it all up with the sizing? Do you think that's what happened? Ensign pounced on it. Saw it as what it was. I mean, it's hard. To, it's hard to. I would say on one level, yes, that does feel like that's what happened. On another level, I think this probably this play probably works exactly perfectly, even with this sizing against almost everybody. Yeah. So, is it really fair to say f- he fucked it up when it's like he may be making optimal right. sizing against most? Maybe of the he world? didn't fuck it up, but he induced what he did not want to induce. Yeah. I mean, surely that happened. Yeah. Right. Um, the question is, what happens if he checks? Ensign has to. Ensign's going to bet for sure. Right? He's just going to move him in. He's just going to move him in. He might move him in. He might bet smaller. I mean, what do we do as Kovachev if, let's say, Ensign makes a real bet, not like some? Like if we check, bet. we have a million left, and he into, into eight hundred, he bets seven hundred, six hundred k, five fifty, whatever, something that's significant. I think against Ensign, we might have to really consider calling because yeah. what the hell does he have? Like, come on, man, he has to have a handy check back. That's right. it, because nothing else makes sense, right? And. And it's just weird for him to make that when we can have a deuce in check, although we're rarely going to. We're going to bet a deuce for value. Yeah, right? we have to bet a deuce for value. You'd almost think, like, what is Ensign hoping to get value out of? Like, what is he hoping to get called by is what I mean. I'm sorry. Like, if he bets, what does he have and what is he hoping to get called by? Let's say he has two kings and somehow checked it back, which, like, some people yeah. will do. Um, what's he hoping to get called by? A 10 exactly, I guess. Which is dumb. Uh, I mean... Yeah, well, he would just check back two kings, So that's right? the theoretical. And let's talk about this, this land yeah. here. This is a bad bluff, right? Like, yeah. it's just not a good bluff at all. Ensign, everything Ensign did in his hand, except for opening King Jack of Hearts under the gun, feels wrong to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't even like the min raise. I think it's not big enough, but whatever. Who cares? That's yeah, fine. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I have, any, I have qualms with that quibbles. But no, um, this, is, this seems like a bad shove because, just like we're talking about range advantage and all that, all the way through yeah. this hand, for sure, Kobachev is the guy who has a seven. He's the guy who has a deuce. He's not folding either one of those. No, things. of course not. And he might call with a 10. He's going to have to strongly consider calling with a 10. Maybe he finds a fold because something we've talked about before on this show is like people rarely raise the river as a bluff. But Ensan does. Yeah, but did he do? Did we know that even before this hand? I did, but I don't know yeah. if this guy did. Yeah. Um, if you know that at all, then you have to strongly consider not folding. So let's let's look at it. Let's look at it from Kovacev's point of view for a second. So he made this bet. Yeah. We, we'd like him to bet more if he's going to bet. Right. For sure. But we're in the spot. It's too late. We misclicked whatever. We bet 260,000, 60, and we just got shoved on. Yeah. What are we supposed to do? It is Ensign. What are we supposed to do? All right. I am of two minds here. Okay. The distribution mind says fold, clearly, because yeah. we have a ton of better hands here. We have so many. We, we might have all of the suited sevens and... At least some suited deuces, maybe all of them. I don't know. It is a min raise. Mm-hmm. So we have a ton of those hands. We also have tens in our range, which we can consider calling with. I and mean, we have a lot of offsuit sevens. Also. And I think tens might actually be 
really good to call with because we blocked the most reasonable value, which is a set of tens. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Right now it's like, oh, so you, you have quads, I guess. Yeah. Because what else do you have here? Right. Like that, the problem part of it for, for Ensign to get this through is what does he represent? That's, that was my second mind. Yeah. My first mind of distribution says fold because we have so many better hands. My second mind is what the hell, Ensign? Like you don't have pocket kings. You're not shoving pocket right. kings. So you have to have two tens quad, or quads. Yeah, or be a crazy guy who opens a bunch of sevens under the gun. Right, okay, that's true. Somehow you could have, or you could have top full house. Yeah. Fine. Those are the options. I guess if you opened a seven under the gun, you might check it back on the flop. Yeah, it's a, it's a definite candidate. That's possible. If you have a seven suited, you Yeah, might it's like the it type back. of hand you really don't want to get chuck shoved on by kind of the perfect chuck shoving stack. Yeah. So maybe he checks that back. Maybe. Okay. Fine. But and he might check back top set because he's willing to let the clubs draw, you know, because there's so many other hands he wants to to improve against. Mm-hmm. Him. Okay, and then like we were saying, there's of course the quads. Yeah, which if he's going to check back top set, he might check back the other two. He ones. might, but you know, any smaller set is more likely to bet. Just typically, no, I understand, but he may not be any different. He and might him, for him, it may just be all like one or the other. Yeah, as you like to say, categorical rather than dimensional. I just feel like we have to know, like, this is a bad bluff. And I think what happened with Kovachev here is he, before making this bet, got it in his mind that it's a bet fold spot, which I've done before. And I regret, oh, yeah. it. I regret it every time because I, I need to, you, every decision needs to be thought through, right? Like, don't, don't just decide this is a bet fold spot no matter what until you really give yourself time to, to like, see, like, okay, wait a second. Is it actually mm-hmm. a bet fold spot? Right. And I think Kovachev should have thought of that a little bit more because I think this is a call. Well, I think it's a sp- I think we have to lean more towards a call for a few reasons. One is the, the thing you, we, you sort of brought up. I guess I brought up whatever we, we talked about, which is just what is he representing anyway? Number one. Number two, what is the current stack size situation, our stack versus the rest of the table? I think that's important for this. Like if we are the clear short stack... I think we can consider calling a lot more of the time. Yeah. Versus if there's three other stacks that are ten blind stacks, that should that that should affect our our thinking at least. Only that a little bit it. with nine left. It's though. true. I mean, like the jumps are going to be minuscule compared to the top right. three payouts. No question. Like because first is like we say like two two fifteen two fifteen, which means second's going to be like one forty or something. something like that. First third is going to be like ninety. Ninth is probably like nine or ten k. And then the jump is probably five to eight K right. for the next couple. So, so it may come down to also like how much does that money mean to you a little bit, you know, but it shouldn't, I mean, we're right from a theoretical perspective. Sure. No. Um, yeah, I feel like this. And at, at the same point, like even if there are a couple 10 blind stacks, like we want to win this thing, right. You know, like yeah. calling here is, it feels like the right play. I know I can see Ensign's cards as the poker guy, commentator guy, but it just feels like Ensign is only repping tens full and quads, like you're saying. There just aren't enough combos. I mean, <coughs> the thing that might make me want to fold beyond the fact that I would only have two fives and I would think like, God, I have so many better hands, yeah. which would really lean me very strongly towards the fold, like you were saying with distribution. But the other thing is, this is such a badly told story by Ensign. I almost wouldn't believe that it could possibly be this badly told story by a guy who like won an EPT. And I might think like, if you see, like, if you've seen, seen it, if you have seen it, play though, you know he tells bad right, stories. Right. If I if I knew that, if I yeah. really knew, I, I've seen him, but it's been so long. I just know he's like sort of crazy. That's all I know, you know. Um, but him like calling on the turn and then shoving the river so strong, you know. But 
But the, it but doesn't the make sense with the runout. So weird. There are runouts where this can make yes, sense. Of this course. is not one of them. No, of course. Like a spade on the river, that would make a lot of sense, yeah. right? Um, this doesn't make much sense at all. It's, I mean, really doesn't make much sense. And that's the thing. We can think of bluffs, by the way. Two spades makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, that's the one. It's the two spades. Do we have the five of spades in our hand? Just out of we curiosity. We do. We have two black. I mean, it shouldn't matter that much. He's not. Shouldn't have too, any, very many fives in his hand. He shouldn't have under the, the gun spades, anyway. Yeah. I mean, he could have ace five of spades, right? I guess. But um, so we can lose that one combo. But right. that's it. Like the other spades shouldn't shouldn't really matter. But yeah, he can have ace queen of spades or ace jack of spades or something like that really comfortably. I think this is a call. I really do. Yeah. You I agree? I don't know, man. I'm back and forth. I'm back and forth. I really like all the points. I really like the idea of um, this story makes no sense. So I've certainly made big calls where sometimes right, sometimes wrong, where it's like the story just doesn't make any sense. You know, like definitely called off my life multiple times in big spots in tournaments doing that. Yeah. Um, so I'm certainly willing to make a call like this. Um, I might, if I would really need to know that insane was crazy though. Like I would need to, I would like, if I, mean, I didn't have that piece of data, I would fold. I need that piece I'd, of data. I disagree. Really? This is all predicated on just the, the fact that like, the most clear thing in my mind is that Ensign would never do this with a one-pair hand or right. technically, technically a two-pair hand. Right. Like, he never do this with aces. Aces, kings, queens, jacks. First of all, he has to check no back chance. the flop. He's never shoving. Never. He's, he's calling, but he's never shoving. He's always calling. He's never shoving. Yeah. And he's, so he's not doing it with a 10 either. He's not doing it with nines. He's not doing it with eights. Right. You, you know, don't have to like, worry about any, We eliminate all those hands. Yeah. So what is he doing with it? With, for value, it's one combo of quad sevens and three combos of tens full. And they one have combo to, of deuces. Maybe. Probably. Sure. If, you can, if you're going to put one combo of quad sevens in there, we can put a combo of deuces. I mean, sevens and deuces are different under the gun. That's true. That's true. You're right. That's a fair point. Um, and maybe, like, maybe you can have a seven. Maybe you can have a seven suited. So, so two then there's combos. two more combos there. So we're at three, four, five. Let's call it six. But that means he has to check back all the sets on the flop, which he, he's not always going to do. And sometimes he's going to bet a seven on the of flop, course. too. So calling it six is not fair. It's more like three and a half. Yeah. If that. Right. And it doesn't really make sense to play the majority of those hands that way. No. Yeah. Honestly, he's probably supposed to bet a seven even on that wet board. Just yeah. bet it and call it off. It's like, fine, you have a 10. You decide to check shove. Congratulations. Yeah. Like, whatever. Like, too bad for me. Like, that's just the deal, right? Yeah, I mean, there's too many bad cards. Him, you can't give him free cards. So there. many bad cards. You just have to bet it. So, so it's really hard to believe he's going to have you. Yeah, the story is horrible. It's awful. This is a call. Now, against an unknown player, you're making this call. If they at least seem relatively competent, it's. Po- I don't want it to be like, oh, crap, this guy turns over two kings because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Right. Yeah. That sucks when that kind of thing yeah. happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I I really understand it theory wise. I'm just trying to put myself in the seat and see if I'm actually making the call there or not. It's very tough to pull the trigger. I'm not saying yeah. that it's like so easy, but it's it should not be a snap fold. I completely agree. I think this is like for me, this would be like a four minute tank minimum of like this story makes zero sense at all. Yeah. And then I would recount the hands 17 different times in my head and talk out loud a lot. Now, things change if I've seen Ensign be opening 
80% of pots and like think you can show up with all mm. sorts of sevens. Right. Things but changed if, then. But if that's the case, then we probably shoved pre yeah. with two fives. Right. Of course. The fact that we chose to call with two fives means we think he's relatively tightish there, yeah. right? Rel- like a more normal range, which means then he shouldn't have any sevens. And that means he probably doesn't have pack of deuces. And now we're down to, like you're saying, four combos that are beating us yeah. that decide to check back the flop, which they probably shouldn't. Right. So there's two clubs on there, man. In the flop. Yeah. And it's, and you know, 10 seven, there's straight draws yeah. and stuff. So yeah, that's I interesting. I think this is a call. It's probably a call, but man, hard to make the call when they raise you on the river. Yeah. I, for your I, life. I don't think Kovachev necessarily played it poorly. I think he probably made a sizing mistake on the river. I mean, again, I think this works against most of the most of the population really well. Yeah, I think they I, they just call with their ace highs and it works. I think from a theoretical perspective, Ensign played this hand really poorly, mm. but I think this type of thing just works in spots where people are scared. This is what we we're talking about. Why you should be betting the flop too, right? Yeah. Like it's just play play a little bit of bully. Like if they don't really really have it, they're just not going to stick around. And this is why, as poker tournaments get later and later, the people with the big stacks who are willing to be aggressive often just accumulate chips like crazy because nobody really wants to like face them down without a monster hand. This is just so psychotic for Mensan against this range. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Um, giving it away. Trying, trying to, give, trying it to away. give it away. Yeah. yeah. This feels like he's just trying to, he's trying to double up this guy who's got sevens full. Like, yeah. it just seems awful. It's really bad. Yeah. I understand the fold, but I think if I gave myself time, I would call. Yeah. Knowing how crazy Ensan is, do you think it's better to bet call or do you think it's better to check? I think it's probably better to check. It's probably better to check because it's less likely that he's going to make a move over a bet than a check. Yeah, like he's rarely going to make this play, right? Right. Even though he did, as opposed to like if he's got any of his missed draws and we check, he's always firing. He's Ensan. He's always firing. And we can call much. The the hand is less defined and in, in a good way. And that yeah. we can call much more. Like if he moves in on the river, like he still doesn't have, and then he goes, you know, seven, seven, deuce, deuce, ten. He's yeah. not going to have two aces almost ever. Never. Even if we check. Like, yeah. Seems very unlikely. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is just a, this is a bad bluff, but it worked. The moment was big enough that it worked, I guess. Yeah. I, I think probably what happened is if, if Kovachev was thinking about this, probably he went to distribution and yeah. made that decision, which is not crazy. It's a reasonable way to make the decision. It is, but the story is just so bad. Yep. It is a bad story. Anyway, Ensign ends up winning the event, right? He sure does. And Kovachev gets ninth. Yep. So, so that's, I guess that's we should have called. I guess we should have called. Anytime, anytime you make a big laydown and then go out a little bit later, and it doesn't, so like you make that big laydown and it doesn't help you. You're right, right. That's like the worst of all. This isn't a big laydown, though. It doesn't feel like a big laydown, at least in the moment. No, it's true. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. But you know, you know that feeling. Yeah, like, of course. Oh my god, I freaking folded Ace Queen there because of these six reasons, and now I'm out anyway. God, can I go back in time and just yeah. shove that instead and see what happens? Right. Like, yeah, I know. I know yeah. the feeling. I mean, it's because you're free rolling the spot, really. Of course. Whatever. Free rolling is nice. Mm. Anyway, that's that. Yeah. We're done. Okay. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue-tied. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it.